0: Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Are you ready for the Word? Well. Tonight we're continuing in our series on my favorite Bible characters and what I have learned from them. Okay, So, some of my favorite Bible characters. Tonight we're going to be talking about one of my very favorite New Testament Bible character, the Apostle Peter. Okay? And uh, just to give you a little background with Peter. Peter was probably born about the year one. And he died about the year, I believe, A.D. 67. It could have been, you know, 63, 64, no, not 63, but 64, 5, 6, or 7. But I believe along the same time the Apostle Paul. And we're told that the Apostle Peter was crucified uh, because he was not a Roman citizen. So crucifixion was the, um, uh, the... favored method with the Romans of execution, and um, he, was, he asked, as tradition tells us, to be crucified upside down. He didn't feel worthy to be crucified in the same manner as was his Lord. But uh, Peter, uh, Peter wasn't a very interesting person. Jesus called him uh, because he wanted him and he needed him just like him. You know, Peter was born in the town of Bethsaida. Five of the disciples, five of the original twelve disciples were from the town of Bethsaida. It's in the Galilee. It's on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, uh, right where the Jordan River uh, uh, pours into that Sea of Galilee, uh, right there uh, on on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. It was a little fishing village. You know, a town, not really a city, but a town. And five of the disciples were from that town. James and his brother John, you remember them. And also Philip was from there. And then a disciple named Andrew and his brother Simon Peter, okay? Simon bar Jonah, Simon son of Jonah, John. Simon Johnson. Okay, you've probably heard me say that before. But that's who we're going to read about today, Peter. Okay, and uh, we're going to draw some conclusions. You see, both heaven and earth choose aggressive, decisive, and determined individuals to lead the defining battles of life. And uh, Peter was just that sort. He was very energetic, very sanguine. Peter was very, uh, you know, bombastic as it were, but he was a leader. He would make a decision. You know, God needs people who are decision makers. Uh, You know, many times it is harder for God to get someone to do something than it is for Him to guide them along their path. And so, God is often encouraging us to, to get out there and get engaged, and then He corrects us along the way. And Peter was very correctable in the hands of God, but he was also very energetic um and something that you know many people may not real about, realize about Peter is that he was married how do we know he's married because early on you know, um, early on when Jesus first meets him, Peter is, you know, taking care of his nets. He been a long day of fishing and uh, Jesus borrows his boat and says, push out a little bit so I can stand in your boat and use it as a platform. And Jesus taught the multitudes who were along the seaside like it was a theater. And uh, what a natural way for him to be able to speak to all the multitudes. And then we see Jesus in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 taking these uh, this group of disciples with him up on what is called the Mount of Beatitudes just on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And that's where Jesus uh, gave this famous Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, um, blessed are the poor. And, and He continues with this message and tells us so many wonderful principles of life, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Then when we get to Matthew 8, in Matthew 8, The Bible says that Jesus and his disciples came off of that mountain of Beatitudes, off that little hill, as it were, and they immediately entered into the town of Capernaum. Now, Capernaum, again, on the northern uh, uh, coast of the the Sea of Galilee, is only about, oh, two to three miles, two miles west, maybe three miles west of Bethsaida. And And it ends up that Peter, having been born in Bethsaida, lived a life as a fisherman. Jesus called him and said, I'll teach you, you know, to, to become a fisher of men. Well, Peter had moved from Bethsaida to Capernaum. Why? Well, because Peter got married. How do we know Peter got married? Because in Matthew, the eighth chapter, when Jesus enters into Capernaum with his disciples, they enter into the house of Peter which actually belonged to his mother-in-law, but would have been called his house because uh, he evidently was the oldest male uh, in the family. So in order to have a mother-in-law, the Bible says that it's Peter's wife's mother. She was sick of a fever, and Jesus went there, and that's where he supposedly lodged for, for uh, some time as well of his ministry uh, time. And uh, he healed her, and she got up and fixed them something to eat. Well, can you imagine, you know, Peter, a fisherman, you know, making a decent living. And uh, all of a sudden he comes home and tells wife and mother-in-law that, uh, hey, uh, I have found someone. I have quit my job and I am now uh, going to follow him around as his disciple. Uh, You know, um, he believes he's the son of God. I do too. And by the way, he's going to be staying with us. You know, (laughs) Peter was quite capable of making these decisions, and we see it all through his life. This energetic decision maker, that happened to be a very good decision. But not all of Peter's decisions were good. Not all of them were best. But one of the things I love about Peter is that when he found out that the decision he made wasn't best, he changed. He checked himself, challenged himself, and he changed, repented, and he stayed in the game, and he was not afraid to make the next decision. You see, God has called us, many of us, you, to be a decision maker. Whether it's the decision over your own life, or perhaps over your family, or maybe you're a supervisor at work, a teacher at school, or some leader of a friendship group, or maybe of a nation, a community. You know, thank God for leaders. Both heaven and earth choose aggressive, decisive, and determined individuals to lead the defining battles of life. and This is why God chose the apostle Peter. You may remember in Matthew the 14th chapter, the Apostle Peter was in the boat with all the other disciples and there was a great storm in the middle of the night and Jesus came walking on the water. Many of them believed that it was a spirit, but Jesus called out and said, Do not be afraid, it is me. And Peter, the only one of the 12, said, If it's you... Then, you know, I want to come out there. You know, Uh, what a decision. It happened to be a good decision. So Peter got out of the boat, and the Bible says he went walking on the water to go to Jesus. But, you know, he didn't make every good decision because in the middle of that storm, he got his eyes off of Jesus and onto the waves, and he began to sink. Bad decision. Jesus lifted him up because he cried. You know, good decision. Cry out to Jesus. And they got back in the boat. Can you imagine how the other disciples, how the other apostles, might have felt about Peter? Peter, you're all wet. You sank. You know, they never risk their faith. Peter was willing to step out of the boat and walk on water. They weren't. Now, uh, this is this makes Peter, in many ways, perhaps a cut above the others. Maybe that's why Jesus chose Peter along with James and John, to go with him many places that he did not allow the other disciples to go. And uh, you know, even though Peter was a bit energetic and you know made many good decisions and many bad decisions, Jesus knew he could depend on Peter. That Peter would not be found just sitting around doing nothing. For all of Peter's life in the Bible is about him doing something. In fact, the book of Mark is a is is a book of all that Jesus did. Many believe, as do I, that the book of Mark would you know could be called uh, you know the Gospel according to Peter, because Peter most likely dictated this to Mark, and Mark penned it. It carries Mark's name, but all throughout there there are little tidbits of information, special little things that if you study and you look at it, only Peter. That was was seen from Peter's perspective, and we know Mark was one of his disciples. In the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? (laughs) And Peter speaks up. You know, Peter's always speaking up. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. (laughs) Some people believe this, some people believe that, but this is what I believe. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but rather my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. I mean, this is God speaking to you, Peter. Whoa, you know, you're hearing from God. Good decision, Peter. And he said, Peter... You know, you are a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And unto you I will give the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, don't you know that made Peter feel good? Good decision, good call. He spoke up. He was always speaking up. He spoke up. (laughs) He wasn't always right, but he was always doing his best. And that's what Jesus needed from him. And that's what Jesus needs from us. If you read out of Matthew 16, 18, and 19 on down to 20, 21, 22, 23, you'll find that it's only four more verses until Peter speaks up again. Jesus is trying to inform the disciples that he is going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man is going to be crucified, And you know, and Peter's having none of this. Peter speaks up again, and I'll paraphrase this, but basically he tells Jesus, No, you're not. No one's going to lay a hand on you. You know, over my dead body, this is not going to happen. And just four verses after Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, just, just a few moments, seemingly, after Jesus said, good decision. You're hearing from God. That's right. You, you, you know, you're, you're speaking that which the Holy Spirit has revealed to you. Just four verses later, Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Whoa! He went from hearing from God to hearing from the devil. (laughs) Uh, You know, um, Peter, as always, took the rebuke, took the correction, took the instruction because all Peter wanted was to be right. Peter, Peter didn't care who was right. He cared what was right. And he knew what was right was to obey Jesus, to follow God's Word. And when he found himself wrong, he just got right back in line. Not every decision that Peter made was a good decision. But every decision Peter made was a decision from his heart. And when he found out that it wasn't a best decision, he changed. You know, hindsight is a luxury that decision makers just don't have. You know, hindsight is the luxury that many post-game quarterbacks sit in their armchairs and decide how the game should have been played. But not one of those out there on the field. Not one of those other disciples was out of the boat. Not one of the other disciples spoke up and said, you are the Christ. Not one of the other disciples you know, uh, was willing to lay their life down. Good decisions and bad decisions. You know, uh, Life is filled with them. But you are not the sum total of your last worst decision or of your last costly mistake. Hindsight, again, is a luxury that decision makers people who are on the front lines, people who are doing the very best they can in the moment they have with all that they know, and they're doing it for the right reasons. Hindsight is not a luxury that they are afforded. Just a little bit later, you can read in the book of Matthew where soldiers, Roman soldiers, came to arrest Jesus. What did Peter do in the Garden of Gethsemane? He pulled out his sword and he cut off the ear of one of the high priest's servants. Wait, wait, what did he do? He's ready to fight, he's ready to die. He's ready here to do anything for Jesus. And this is what he was doing. He did what he felt like was best in the moment, even though it was wrong, bad decision. Jesus told him, put away your sword. I mean, I could call 10,000 angels. I mean, listen, uh, my, my kingdom is not of this world. Put away your sword. Bad decision, Peter, don't do that. Peter put away his sword and uh, went away as Jesus would have him. Even though Peter in that moment was willing with all of his heart to, 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 to defend Jesus, Jesus had told him, Before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. Peter said, No. No, I never will. I never will. Well, just a little while later that same evening, going from willing to die by the sword for Jesus... Peter denied Jesus three times, denied he ever knew him. You know, it seems like a wishy-washy life. But why in the world would Jesus call such a disciple, and why would Jesus use such a man so prolifically? Uh, many argue that you know the 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 uh, the strongest, you know the the um, a, a bulldozer, somebody who took the word of God to Iran, to Babylon, you know, to the to the to the biggest, meanest. You know, um, um, uh, most ungodly nation of the day, Peter went, unafraid and unashamed, making the decision that this gospel had to be preached everywhere, everywhere that he could possibly preach it. Well, Jesus, after his resurrection, he appeared to the disciples, while they were in an upper room. And then later in John 21 is records where Jesus uh, appeared uh, to the disciples for the third time. John 21, Verse number 14, this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was raised from the dead. You know, uh, the disciples, um, Peter had said and made another decision, you know, let's go fishing. So he went back to the Galilee and took the group with him and they went back to fishing. Why? Because, you know, he has to do something. He wants to do something. That's one of the things that we find about Peter, one of the things God loves about him and one of the things I love about him. And one of the things that that that, that has spoke to me through all of my life is that I need to be found doing something blessed is the one whom when the Lord returns he shall find him doing what he left him to do you know Peter was a worker you know and uh, he went back to fishing well while they were fishing they looked to the shore and Jesus called out you know come come and have you know breakfast with me come on and Peter, recognizing it as Jesus, the Bible says that he made another decision, you know, a, a rather quick decision, but another good decision. It just shows his heart. He's ready and willing to do anything. You know, God loves people that will that, that, get out there, you know, uh, and it's, it's very easy to judge, you know, whether the decision was right or not after the fact, but when you're in the crux, in the moment, to not make a decision is to make a decision to do nothing. Peter, the Bible says, stripped himself of his garments and he jumped into the water. Didn't even wait for the boat to get to shore. He swam all the way to go to Jesus. He just wanted to get to Jesus. You know, um, here uh, we read that Jesus begins to talk with him on that seashore of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 15 of John 21. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And and Peter said to him, Yea, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. And then Jesus said again to Peter a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter said back to Jesus, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. Verse 17. And Jesus said to Peter a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And Peter said back to Jesus, Lord, you know all things and you know I love you. Of course, that was completely unquestionable. You know, just because someone makes a wrong decision, a bad decision, a costly mistake, does not infringe upon their love for Jesus Christ and their willingness to do anything for Him and their desire to serve Him with all of their heart. And here, Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. What is Jesus doing? You know, Peter had denied Jesus three times. Now Jesus is confirming him three times. Three times Peter was confirmed that I need you. Uh, Jesus said to him, I want you on my team. Jesus said to him, I have something important for you to do. The most important thing in Jesus's world, Peter, I need you to do this. I want you to do this. Don't feel bad about yourself for having denied me. Don't, you know, don't let that be your testimony. Don't let that be the end of the story. Perhaps you know, you've done something in life. Maybe you have disappointed yourself, disappointed others, or even disappointed Jesus. Maybe not every decision you have made has been a best decision, even though you made it from a best heart. Listen, again, you know, hindsight, you know, post-game Uh, review is a luxury that decision makers just don't have. Don't let that stop you from making the decisions that you need to make in a time when they must be made. Do your very best. It is easier for God to guide you, direct you, than it is for Him to get you going. Take a step, be bold, do it for the right reasons, do it in agreement with the Word of God. Do it with an open heart and be willing to be corrected if you're wrong. And then get up and make the next decision with the same heart. That's what I've learned from the Apostle Peter. And those of you that know me know that's me. I'm, uh, I'm never short when it's my turn and my time and it's time for a decision. I'll do my best. And if we don't get it 100% right, (laughs) we'll make another run at it. But one thing we're not going to do is we're not going to quit. Our message does not change and our mission does not change. Methods may. But when Jesus returns, He will find us, our church, and the church in the earth doing His will, leading people to Christ, and singing His praises. May God bless you (laughs) <laughs> and be merciful to those who have to make decisions before hindsight. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.